Welcome back to Culture Bucket. It's a pleasure to be with you again. I am George, your host, and with me is my co-host, your host also, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. There she is. Yeah. Hi, all. How you doing, George? I am so good. <laughs> so good. So good. I am spectacular. <laughs> Everything is wonderful. Nothing is wrong with the world, and culture is continuing i feel like culture is kind of helping me escape this beautiful world at the moment yeah absolutely it's definitely an escape from the wonderful world we live in (laughs) which is good all is good yeah the world is have you ever been to disneyland uh i've been to the one in tokyo okay have you been on the it's a wonderful world ride Oh, it's a small world. It's a small ah, world. yes, yes. It, it's that's that's what the world's like right now. Basically, it's just people singing and dancing and like promoting their national stage. Yeah, yeah. In the worst <laughs> ride of the park. Yes. Yeah. So the world now is like the worst ride at Disneyland, which is not a bad way to be. Yeah, I kind of want to get off though. That'd be nice. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. That's enough riffing. <laughs> Moving on Moving to, on to some culture, culture catch-up catch up time. This is culture catch-up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, Alex, go. What have you been doing since we last spoke? Uh, since we last spoke, I watched a few movies. I watched a series. I watched an animated series and I've listened to some music. Oh, my God. It's too much. Too Start much. at the beginning. Okay. So, um, I finally watched Birdman. Um, okay. Uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it took me four years or something. Uh, with... Topical, current. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's good to talk about films that came out a while ago. We don't have to be... Agreed. Yeah. Um, so uh, Birdman is a film directed by Alejandro González Inarritu. I hope my accent is acceptable. And uh, and it stars, it's got an incredible cast. It stars Michael Keaton, Zach Galifornia. Zach what? Zach Galifianakis. Thank you. And Ed Norton, that we spoke about him like a while ago, saying, yeah. where is Ed Norton? And there he was. I didn't realise he was in the film. Um, he is, and he's pretty good in it, if I remember rightly. He's amazing. And, and Okay. Ex- sorry. I got really excited <laughs> to no, see no, him because I, I used to have the biggest crush on him. And then he disappeared. Yeah, good looking man. Well, then he did the Hulk. And then I was like, oh. Um, but he's really good. And Emma Stone, of course. Uh, and then I'm missing some characters, I think. And Naomi Watts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a stacked cast. It's amazing. And it's about um, this uh, former cinema superhero, uh, which his name is Regan Thompson. 
and he's uh, um, he's making a um, Broadway production uh, to kind of hope to well hoping that he might not be considered Birdman anymore, but considered an proper in brackets actor and not just a superhero mm. um it's a bit like the real michael keaton exactly like the real michael keaton in fact i forgot i had forgotten before watching the film that he was batman and then yeah well he definitely has surpassed being batman in a way absolutely like, um, but no one sees him as just batman anymore. exactly but i completely that, that's the thing i ha- i completely forgot that he was batman and um yeah. and then but he was. He i was remembered quick. that he was batman and then he did birdman mm. interesting so much fun and uh, and he did spider-man he did was he in which one yeah he, uh spider-man homecoming he played the vulture he played the villain in that ah uh, i haven't seen that spider-man if you send him a script title with the word man at the end of it, he will be in it. Really? He'll do it. Fantastic. Yeah, well that's done, his rule. Michael. Beetlejuice Keaton. Man as well, famously. <laughs> it's not called Beetlejuice Man. Beetlejuice Need man. for Speed Man. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Multiplicity Man. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I think it's going to be a weird episode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's kind of filmed in an interesting way. It's um, uh, uh, it makes you feel like it's a one shot film, although it's not shot in one shot. But it kind of the camera never leaves uh, the scene, um, which it pretty much never leaves Michael Keaton, right? Um, no, sometimes it? it does because there's some scenes okay. with just Emma Stone and Ed Norton. You know, there are some scenes without oh, them, no, without him, yeah. but it doesn't. Uh, the camera never leaves anything like it's always on someone and it, it never cuts yeah it never yeah. cuts which is must have been incre- like incredibly hard to edit and it's really really yeah. good and it starts incredibly erratic and i thought i cannot do two hours of this and then <laughs> it, it was just a bit too much for me at the beginning and even understanding what was going on was just a bit like what uh, but then the more the film goes on the more it starts kind of slowing down and and it's just really really good i really enjoyed it and mm. uh, i thought it was quite it was different from anything that i've ever seen before so that's that's always a plus um and yeah i really enjoyed it i thought it was really good i remember you talking to me about it because I think at the Oscars it went against Boyhood. Um, that sounds right. And you were very yes. disappointed that actually Birdman won, but you, although you enjoyed Birdman, you you enjoyed Boyhood better. But that could be right. Yeah. yeah. No, I do like I do like Birdman, mm. but I mean, it, it's and now like four years on or whatever, it 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 becomes clear how pointless it is to compare those two movies. Like you would never bring up Boyhood and Birdman. As being any you know worth comparison, if you see what I mean. No, absolutely uh, not. But of course, at the Oscars, they just pop them all in a big bin and then pick one out. Yeah, so Birdman got picked out. I think. I think that's right. Yeah. But no, it is it is it is a good film, better than the film that he made next, which I hated. What film so. is that? Uh, the Revenant. The Revenant. Oh, the one. The Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio one where he sleeps inside a bear. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've I haven't watched that one. I don't like it. Some people love it. They're f- wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. You know a film that's the, uh, a film that starts with the a film that starts with the energy of Birdman, yeah. but then maintains it for two hours. Yeah. Is Uncut Gems? Have you seen Uncut Gems? No, I haven't. 
that's on uh, that's on Netflix. Mm. That's an Adam Sandler film that you should uh, definitely check. Is out. Is it good? But uh, oh, it's incredible. It's the it's like the one genuine. Well, no, Adam Sandler's actually done a handful of really good things over the I... years. But like Uncut Gems is yeah. a really amazing film um, that has that kind of manic energy Birdman has and somehow maintains it for two hours. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an intense watch, but it's great. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, finally, Birdman watched, enjoyed. Good. Next. Next. Okay. So then I watched a film called Our United Kingdom, uh, uh, which, uh, you don't know that one? It's a 2016 film, which is pretty recent, actually. Um, Crazy days. hmm? Nothing. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) And it stars uh, David Oyelowo and Rosamund Pike, Jack Davenport, Tom Felton, etc., etc. Um, I, I, I'm trying to uh, find. Um, uh, well, starting the podcast, and um, we talked about it uh, about bands, how white and male orientated bands were. I've noticed uh, directors are also very white and male orientated. So I'm trying to um, kind of, I'm seeking uh, female directors and that. It, they're rare <laughs> it's it's a it's a rare they're rare finds but um i found Very a few so. and uh one of the uh, the uh, the ones i found uh, is she's called ama asante and she directed this film called uh united kingdom which is about is a biopic about um prince sereste kama of Botswana, uh, who in the 1940s decides to marry uh, a white woman in London. Uh, and then, well, he's, he's studying in London to become a lawyer. And then uh, after he's become a lawyer, he's going to go back to um, Botswana to become the king. Uh, but then he f- falls in love uh, with this um, woman, which I can't remember her name. Um, oh, yeah, falls in love with this woman. And uh, basically, England is against him because, um, against him because uh, at the time in the 1940s, uh, there was apartheid in South Africa. Uh, and so it wasn't really good for a black man to marry a white woman or vice versa and also in Botswana they were like well why did you marry a white woman so it's all it's it's a film about race it's a film about um the impact of uh, British colonialism and how uh they basically uh ruled and uh, controlled uh Africa uh well, parts of Africa and all of it and the way they controlled it and it's uh, it was really interesting because I didn't know the story about this prince and I didn't realize that he married a no. British woman and I didn't realize that uh, Botswana was under um, the British rule. I'm trying to I'm trying to find out history. Like I said a few episodes ago, I want to know everything. So I'm, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> is it bad? <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's yeah. Fine. At the moment, I'm trying to like you know uh find loads of things out just i just find them interesting because i don't know i feel i feel also in school they don't really uh teach you history in an interesting way that you might like it or maybe you're not interested yourself because you're young i have no idea but i i i don't know i oh, sorry I, I keep uh going in somewhere else but it was really interesting film uh i would recommend it rosamund pike amazing as always um love yeah, her she's good. um first film i've seen davy 
David Oyelowo in and I thought he was great and uh, I think it's a film to watch uh, and yeah uh, and then the next three things I would like to talk about are things that you have watched and so we can discuss oh. them together so the okay. first one hit me is the TV series Watchmen ah Watchmen we all know that I like that Okay, so Watchmen <laughs> is uh, a TV series that came out in 2019. And yes. it's, uh, well, Watchmen was originally a comic book uh, in the 1980s. And then it yes. was made into a film in 2009. And mm. last year it was made into a... Uh, um, TV HBO series, HBO series, TV yeah. series. Um, so I went in completely without knowing anything because I didn't want to know anything. I didn't know. I didn't want to know because I loved yeah. the comic book. I really enjoyed the film, although I'm kind of the minority. And oh, <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I thought I thought it I, I thought it was OK. Like it's um, sometimes, for example, even um uh, the Golden Compass. Is it The Golden Compass? Yeah. Yeah, that Northern Lights film. The Northern Lights film. I didn't mind yeah. it because I really enjoyed the book and I kind of enjoyed having it there. Like, it wasn't perfect, but I kind of enjoyed it uh, having it on the screen. I don't know. Same thing with Watchmen. Right. And so the way the TV series starts, Watchmen, it's another historical moment I had no idea about. Yes, I'd never. I had absolutely no idea Which, about that at all. I couldn't believe it when I found out it was a real event. I know, I know. And so, do you think it's a spoiler if I say the first moment? No, because I'm sure people. No, about it's not it. a spoiler. So, uh, so the Watchmen the series stars starts with um, the 1921 Tulsa massacre, and mm. uh, <laughs> it was well. I was already speechless by then. And so that kind of set the <laughs> mood of my next three days because I finally found it. I found a way to watch it and I watched the entire season in three days. So nine wow, hours well of Watchmen. <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep in three days as well. So if today I'm a little bit erratic, it's also that. <laughs> right, okay. Is that because of Watchmen? I don't know. I don't know. My My mind was so like... I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, um, maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that starts like that, and then what I didn't realize, it, it, it was, it, it comes after Watchmen. Like it's nothing yeah. to do in, in, in a way with Watchmen. Like it has something to do with Watchmen, but it comes after. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Yes, I was trying to think yeah. of that. It's a sequel, and. I thought it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I just, I was, I couldn't stop watching it. And I thought how great it was and how, what great minds create incredible TV series that you can say, okay, I like Watchmen. I'm just going to create something that, a sequel to Watchmen, but can, that can stand by itself and be an incredible yeah. powerful and to, to create something that to my mind lives up to something that has become so iconic it shouldn't be possible to no 
to live up to. It shouldn't be possible to make a sequel to Watchmen yeah. if you're not Alan Moore and have it be have it feel like a genuine follow up. Yeah. But it feels completely yeah. valid. And they even retcon things. They even like the real identity of um the hood. Yeah. Is that the name the hooded of the man. No no. The hooded man. Uh, I can't remember yeah. his character's name, but um, Hooded Justice is Hooded, it Hooded Justice, Justice. Yeah. His real identity is uh, not really revealed in the comic no. books, but they, that's one of the things that's gone into in the series. And they 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 make the smartest decision yeah. in in what they do with that character and yeah. how they kind of it's the absolute best. Yeah, it's amazing. From the cast, uh, Regina King is amazing, and I think she won an yeah, well, Emmy. Yeah, she now. won an Oscar. She won an Emmy for that. She won an Oscar last year. Like she is. Amazing. Insane. She's she's the best. Jeremy Irons is so good. Uh she's so weird, isn't it? Jeremy so Irons. Weird. I mean, what did you did you were you confused by his scenes uh as it went along? I was so confused. I was <laughs> so, so confused. Cool. And he's so weird. And I was thinking, is Jeremy that's is how is Jeremy Iron in this? I can't, I yeah. don't understand, but he's so good in it. And and I, I I really like the 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 thing that you the more you watch it the more everything starts making sense and and it's just so it's such a it's so well done it's yeah. a probably it would be my top five soon like if we do a top five again <laughs> I I think I I I cried I gasped I I oh, I was it's so well done and so. Uh, powerful and uh, the way they did they, they kind of um, show the the issues about uh, race and white supremacy it's just so well done it's incredible yes. and, and not to hmm. if you've read watch if you've read the comic book of mm. Watchmen but you haven't seen the TV series it's not unfair to say that it would be impossible to do anything in the world of Watchmen and not consider the character of Dr. Manhattan because he changes the world. Yeah. So it's not a spoiler to say that the Watchmen TV show considers that character and the way they work, the way they work that yeah. character into the story is amazing. I couldn't dream, I couldn't dream no. of having an idea that good. It is, no. it is beautiful. And the episode that first <gasps> focuses in on yeah. that is the best yeah. episode. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And the, and, and the egg. The egg. But it's just the they are. Oh, I just can't believe they've done it. I was speechless, and that's yeah. why I spent three days watching it because I was speechless. I didn't realize. I didn't. I, I could have never imagined that they could have made such a series from yeah. a comic book to then create a, a a parallel to it. You know, like an iconic thing. It's iconic. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the scene, there's an episode that starts with uh, two people in a farmhouse being visited by a lady offering to... Yeah. That scene, that's one of the best scenes of TV yeah. I've seen as well. Yeah. It's just great. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know one thing that they never explain, and I want to know what you think was going on. Okay. There's a scene where Regina King is walking down the street and she sees a man in like a silver all-body suit. Yeah. And she shouts at him and he runs away from her, yeah. covers himself in grease yeah. and slides down a, man, yeah. a drain. Yeah. That is never, is that, that's never explained, no. is it? No. No, that's just, that just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out. And every time I saw like a skinny man, I was like, that's the guy. That's the guy. And then I was like, no, it's not the guy. And then I thought, maybe he's yeah. the guy. And I, I have maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. 
I think he Don might. Johnson. Don Johnson is very good in it. Yeah. Everybody's really good in it. And also, yeah, so that's Tim Blake. Is it Tim, Tim Blake, Blake Nelson, Nelson who plays? Does he age? Because I'm pretty sure he's looked like that <laughs> forever. Um, no, he doesn't age. No, it doesn't. But also, he often gets he often gets cast typecast as like kind of stupid characters. Yeah. And he doesn't often get a chance to show much range. He's yeah. great Amazing. in Watchmen. Uh, he's possibly my favorite character in it. I, I'm not sure who I would pick, but he's wonderful. I, my favorite character is uh, FBI agent Laurie Blake. Oh yeah, played by Jean Smart. Yeah, is it? she's my favorite yeah. because she's, yeah, she's bitter. She's, she's great. She's uh, she just she's just there, and she talks to Doctor Manhattan in the in the phone booth, and the way she does oh, things. Oh, those scenes are brilliant. And yeah. I don't know. I just I just really liked her, and yeah, yeah, I really. I, I thought, but I thought everybody was really good, and how things turned out, uh, like unfold, and I think it's an amazing TV series, and yeah, I can't agreed. believe that it was so good. Yeah. I, I was expect- I, kind of... I was expecting something good, but I was expecting like a remake, you know, in yeah, modern yeah. times. But they just yeah, I'm so when it came out that it was going to be a continuation and not. A, not an adaptation of the comic. There were a lot of people who seemed, you know, disappointed. Yeah. But I'm so glad they did it that way. Yeah. It is, it is perfect. Definitely. Um, do you think, though, that yeah. if you have, haven't have read the comic book, do you think you would still enjoy it or do you have to know what this story is behind? Because I've... I got really excited at moments where, uh, you know, um, for example, when uh, Gene Smart uh, says... Um, uh, the joke, and that was part in the comic as well, you know, curtains down. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. and, you know, when you have those moments that you remember from the comic book and you think, oh, that was really good. But do you think... I don't I don't think you'd get quite as much out of it, but I think they do a good job of explaining who yeah. characters like Ozymandias are and mm. who Dr. Manhattan is, that you yeah. could follow it and still enjoy it. Mm. But I don't think you would get out of it what you get out of it as a fan of the material. Yeah. Um. Part of me wants them to do a second series of it and part of me wants them to just leave it as the perfect thing it is. But there's like stuff like Night Owl isn't touched on at all. I like know. There's, there's but things they could explore. Yeah. And there's little hints that they have in there as to a, a larger world that I'd like to see them yeah. look at. But also, it, just as it is, is such a piece of perfect like TV that maybe they should leave it. I think they should leave it. Yeah, maybe. you know, but I'm if one they of... make if they make if they make another series, I'll I'll, I'll watch oh, it. Oh, absolutely, I would definitely <laughs> watch it. But you know me, I'm more of like, okay, I enjoyed it, I loved it, I spent three days watching it, and now I'm I'm okay, I'm satisfied. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. All right. Next. Next. Okay. Next are two things that you. One of them you recommended to me, which is Salt. Uh, oh, I'm okay. Entitled Black Is, which is up an album. From a secret collective, uh, mm-hmm. I think they're British, aren't they? Yeah, they're British. They're from uh, well, nobody really knows where they're from, yeah. but it seems like they're from London. Mm. Uh, and it and it seems like that there's a producer involved who has worked with Michael Kiwanuka mm. and Will Sims. It seems to be about as much as anyone can work out. Uh, amazing album. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I've list- I listened to it quite a few times because I thought it was really good and it's got some really powerful lyrics so thank so you did, for that did you listen to untitled untitled black is 
The one that you recommended to me, yeah. I was I because I thought I recommended Untitled Rise. Let me both check my good. Spotify just a moment because they're both called Untitled, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you should listen to both of them. Yeah, eventually, I only listened to that one. It's good. But I thought it was really good, and I thought it was, yeah, just amazing. And thank you for the recommendation because um, I've just You're been welcome. listening to a lot of um, Kendrick Lamar and Rage Against the nice. Machine, and I needed to like kind of excellent. Yeah, no, I yeah. To pimp a butterfly has become my new, I don't know, my new anthem for the morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a perfect album, so it's fine. It is a perfect album. And mm. so Sold Untitled Black Is, extremely good album, needs to be listened to. And then there's a new album that has come out and I would like to talk to you about. And I mm. and you've got the record, you've got the t-shirt. And oh. I would like to talk to you about if you want to talk about it now, we can talk about it later. But is uh we can we can talk about it now. I've got opinions, but yeah, we can do it now. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because I wanted to do that last and then we can talk about it and then you can do your thing. Because I, okay, so, I know so, you probably listened to it. Is it your last thing to discuss? Yeah, it's my last thing. Okay. Right. So is that now? Now. Last Good. thing. Right, let's now. do it. Are so, you ready to talk about it? Yes. We've both listened to the new album by my favourite band, yeah. Idols. Idols. Which is called Ultra Mono. Yes. I do indeed own the t-shirt and I own two copies of the vinyl. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, why don't... Uh, oh, I don't know where to even start with it. I, I'm interested to know what you think of it as a, as a non-fan. Okay. Today, I listened to it three times. Okay. Yesterday, I listened to it twice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I... I think it's amazing. Oh, really? I think it's so good. Today, on my oh. way to work, I was in a very bad mood. And I put it on, <laughs> and it just made me, like, angry. But also, it put me in an incredibly positive mood. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And I, it just helped me. It just helped my day. I don't know why. Um, and so and then I listened to it on while my drive to work, then on my walk to work, and then on my drive back to work from work. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I think it's so good. And it's got some incredible songs and some incredible, powerful lyrics. And I can't stop thinking about it. It's so good. You... You didn't connect that strongly with their previous no, albums, did not you? At so what all. what's different? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the timing, or maybe it's because mm. I feel they seem to be a little bit more clear on their message. I know they've always been quite active, but they seem to be a little bit more uh, clear for me personally. Um, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's my opinion. My my if I am perceiving them differently but I feel like they're they're being a little bit I don't know yeah clear I no, think I, with I'm, their message because I wasn't really sure before what what they were trying to tell me you know yeah. and I know they I know they're quite politically um active and they're quite um angry but now they seem to be kind of they they they're telling me stuff and I'm like yeah yeah come on idols mm. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I don't know if you feel nice. the same. 
Well, I mean, so I stayed up on because it went on. It went live on streaming sites on 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 mid, at midnight mm. on Thursday. You know when Friday started. So I stayed up until midnight and listened to it when it was released. Yeah. And since then, I've listened to songs from it according to my last FM two hundred and eighty six <laughs> times. Which, if you divide it by the number of songs on the album, yeah. means that I've listened to the album around twenty four times. Oh wow! So yeah. <laughs> What do you think? Well, so <laughs> com- complex feelings on it. Yeah, it's it, it's like you say, it's very direct. And I listened to an interview with the with the lead singer Joe Talbot in when was it? It was it was earlier before the summer started when they kind of announced the title of the album stuff. He mm. did an interview on BBC Six Music with Steve Lamack. Yeah. And talks about how uh, I think a lot of the album was produced by Kenny Beats, who's primarily a hip hop producer. Mm. And he said that he wrote a lot of the lyrics kind of rather than writing them ahead of time. He wrote a lot of the lyrics for the album kind of in the booth as as they were recording. Okay, which I think contributes to this feeling of it being very direct Mm. and very clear because it, it it's not got. The a lot of the lyrics on brutalism and particularly joys and acts of resistance are, are obviously like really carefully considered mm. and quite complex. And the idea, you know, there's a lot of I don't know ideas being thrown around. Mm. And like there's titles like "Never Fight a Man with a Perm." Like it's just it's just wordier. Yeah. Because when you look at the lyrics to some songs on Ultra Mono, it's 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 like a handful of lines repeated in a way. Yeah, and that's and what I loved like, about it. Yes, because it's, tr- it's trying like to get to you. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, and it's like in hip hop. Hip hop is often built off of beats and samples repeated over and over again, mm. and then uh, the rapper kind of comes in and raps, you know, very lyrically and wordy, you know, long rhymes over the top of it. Whereas what they seem to have taken from working with a hip hop producer is bringing that concept of loops and repeated ideas into the lyrics as well as the music, mm. and kind of using it to create these songs where the message is kind of repeated over and over again without much variation in how it's being put across it's just bang 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 mm. and i really really like it um i like most pretty much every song on the album is great yes um the opening track war yes which opens with him with him like onomatopoeia watching that's the sound of the sword yeah. going in yeah uh is great mm-hmm. is it's such a good song it has a drum fill about a minute and a half in yeah. that just sounds like the drummer is um destroying buildings with mm. his um with his drumsticks it's yeah. it's crazy good the meh but and then the me- what's the message of that song do you think war i need to check the lyrics because you know i'm not really good with memory so it goes this means war, anti-war, war. This means war, anti-war, anti-war. I'm not trying to criticize the song, by the way. I'm just, I'm just. I think that I think the I think the message of the song is 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 that war is bad, right? I think the album comes as uh like um, I don't think it's song by song. I think it's just like because then it talks about war again and saying that we won a war that nobody wanted, and I, in in, well, in one of the songs after, and I think yeah. that then comes after i think as an album it works together as a collective yes of songs, i think that's a good rather point more than just because there's after that i don't in which in which one of in which track does it say oh we, you won the war that nobody wanted and i think it's probably think talking it's, about the iraq war I think it's and rains like, or carcinogenic possibly yeah and that's 
I think that's amazing because I think um, when we went, when England joined America in the war in Iraq, in England, they, 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 they did, there was the biggest demonstration in the history of England against this war. And the government at the time decided to go and, you know, people feel still pretty bitter about it. And yeah, I think, yeah. and, I, and I don't know if he's talking about that, but I kind of think about that in that song. And so maybe a so bit like I'm... To Pimp a Butterfly, if we talk about hip hop, um, when you talk about To Pimp a Butterfly, you have to look at it as a, an album to respect all of the songs and to like appreciate all the songs. And I think this yeah. is an album. Like today, when coming back, I had to listen to the first song first and just carry on. <laughs> like I couldn't, I don't know. I think you're right. And... um. It's just, it's interesting. The only reason I'm thinking about it like that is because a lot of, I've seen a lot, it's got like the last album, Joys and Act of Resistance, came out and everybody loved it. Yeah. And it got end of the year lists and it got amazing reviews from everyone. Yeah. This album's come out and the reviews have been much more all over the place. It's had some really, really positive mm. reviews and it's had some really, really negative reviews. And yeah. the reactions from Idol fans, Idol's fans on, on social media has mm. been quite similarly. Some people really love it and mm. some people really don't like it. And the main criticism yeah. seems to be from both the reviews and the fans that don't like it is that they think the lyrics are weak. Mm. But I, I think, think it's, that... but it's a it's a very powerful album. Like they're yeah. not like if if the the songs the lyrics are weak, but the the album is not weak at all. The message of the album is pretty clear. Absolutely, but I think that the, I think that the the album is called Ultra Mono. The music is incredibly, not simple in a way to say it's bad, but it's incredibly, the music just pummels you and mm. it doesn't change that much. There's mm. a song called A Hymn near the end that changes a lot, but generally it's just this pummeling, driving music all the way through. And the lyrics, again, are very clear and concise and, mm. and simple to follow all the way through. And I think it's, from that interview I heard earlier in the summer, I think it's all really intentional that they're trying to create this clear, concise, easy to follow mm. message. Yeah, um, which to some people come they that comes across them as being weak lyrics because they're not kind of expanding much on mm. why they think things are bad or why they're upset about things. But I think that that's because that's not within the remit of this album and the message they're trying to put across with this album, or at least the what they want this album to be, which is kind of a clear their perspective on the world and what they they aren't happy with in the world rather than yeah. like solutions to those problems isn't mm. what's within the remit of this album specifically and it's difficult because there are like there are other bands that are kind of care about social issues mm. such as there's a band called Sleaford Mods and there's a band called Fat White Family mm. and they've both taken shots at idols in the past for saying that idols aren't the right kind of people to be talking about these things yeah they're not working class enough to be talking about these kinds of things they um uh, the singer from Fat White Family wrote a blog post saying that uh, idols are the kinds of men that kind of they're pointing their finger at things saying bad without examining why they're bad. How, and that what? kind of criticism... But that's I just such an I, empty criticism. They have no idea of what idols do or what kind of... Well, or the singer from idols does to... 
Well, that's it. Because they care about things, people seem to be ready to leap on them for any perceived well, like, mistake in their messaging, which just frustrates me because yeah. all those people should be working together, yeah. in, in my opinion. But, you know, people seem so ready to jump and attack each other. Yeah, because if which, we were um, united, this world would be a much better place, wouldn't it? Yeah, You know, when, exactly. when you're not vegan enough, you're not vegetarian enough, you don't do this well enough, you know, just let people yeah. be what they want to be. Like he wants, idols want to say this message while they're making people aware. If that's the only thing they do, good on them. Yeah. Maybe and other like, things, other people do other things. But the, the idea that you have to be working class to complain about working class problems frustrates me because yeah, it shouldn't necessarily be about where you came from. It's about where you go and what yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely in the future and they obviously care about it. so I, I don't know I've, I've had a lot of complex thoughts and feelings around the album because I really really like it but I've been trying to work out why the reaction to it hasn't been as positive as uh, the last album and I think it's just a part of it is just that they're big enough now that there's a lot more peop- people yeah. that want to kind of yeah. tear them down a yeah. bit for being so forthright with what, what they believe Yeah. Um, but no I love it I love uh, I think The Lover is one of my favourite songs mm. on it. Rains is one of my favourite songs. Mm. Kill Them With Kindness. I really yeah. like Grounds. The first big single is brilliant. Yeah, It's just full of great songs. There isn't a single song on it that I wouldn't be happy to listen to. No, absolutely um, not. And I, I, I think I think people are just so ready to criticise instead of like enjoying it and say maybe, oh, I, I don't particularly like this. But uh, <laughs> what an artist does, as long as that doesn't hurt you, it should be fine, you know. You might not enjoy it this time, but don't be a dick about it, you know. Yeah. Can I say dick? Exactly. Uh, we well, did. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I think we can get away with that. <laughs> but there's the, one of my favorite lyrics uh, in the song. There's a swear word, and I can't. It's something about about his haters. Um, oh, I, I said it about fifteen times today, and I can't remember. <laughs> Which one is this? It's if you're if you're a hater, you can eat shit or something like that. Oh, that's on. I think it's on the lover. I wanna. I wanna cater to the haters. Yeah. Eat shit. Yeah. yeah. I wanna cater to the haters. Eat shit. And I think. Yep. That's the perfect line. I love it. There's lots of lines <laughs> on this album that yeah. I really like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I've just been talking about in terms of it's not about where you've come from; it's about where you're going. Yeah. There's a line that I think sums that up really well. Mm. Oh, yes. So, there's nothing brave and nothing useful. You scrawling your aggro shit on the walls of the cubicle, saying my race and class ain't suitable, so I raise my pink fist and say black is beautiful. Oh, that is a beautiful lyric. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So... Yeah. Like, it. Like you, ha- can, you can say that I'm not the right class or the right yeah. uh, race to be yeah. kind of complaining about these yeah. problems. But ultimately, I'm still going to complain about them. Well, the thing is, as long as long as you're aware and active and an ally and and an ally to anyone, minorities and sexes and LGBTQ, like why do people criticize you? You know, mm. you you're trying to bring awareness and unity. So if you don't like it, then you're you're the problem. Agreed. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I just thought no, enough for people criticizing other people. It's like it's art, okay? Fine. I've criticized Kanye West, but I think because he was a I can't keep on swearing today. Maybe I'm a bit angry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But 
But no, well, I yeah, love Kanye it. West's made horrible comments about things. But exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you liked Ultramono. Is it going to make you interested in going back and yes. listening to their other? A hundred percent. And I am. I will. I um, yeah. I think out of their first two albums, the one that's most similar to Ultramono is the first album, Brutalism. Okay. okay. It has a similar sense of like urgency and heaviness. Joy as an act of resistance is definitely the outlier. It's it's a bit more varied mm. uh, and complex. I love all three of them. Yeah. So there but, you go. Yeah. So I want to talk. To, I listened to it because I wanted to talk about it because I knew you were really excited and I really enjoyed it. I was surprised, actually. Good. I was really surprised. <laughs> I yeah, I'm think... surprised. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I loved it. I I was I was very surprised. <laughs> it's like, why am I enjoying this so much? Stop listening to it, and then it just put me in a really good mood. Yeah, that'll that'll <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. The last song as well. The last song is so yeah. heavy. Yeah, and um, then it stops, and you want more. I wanted yeah, more. Just ends. Yeah, yeah. And I really wanted more, and it's like, no, is it is the album <laughs> finished? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I was, uh, yeah. And I think that's the only disappointing thing about the album. It finishes. It ends. It Good. ends. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you're so positive about it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Should we move on? Move on. It's your time. So, my G. turn. So we, we've talked about Idols, which was my main thing. Yeah. But also I've listened to quite a bit of the new, despite having listened to the new Idols album 24 times, <laughs> I've somehow managed to have a, a few listens to the new Deftones album. Okay. Which is called Ohms. Holmes, and like Sherlock? No, no, no. Like the force that measures resistance in an electrical circuit. O-H-M-S. Oh, hum. Oh, yeah. Ohms. Ohms. No, ohms. Ohms. It's fine. So, <laughs> um, not as much to say about that one beyond it's really good. Mm. And if you like, if you think you don't like heavy music, maybe... But but if you can appreciate music that focuses on atmosphere and texture over hooks and choruses and stuff like that, maybe give it a go because it's mm. it's a really good and similar to what we were saying about Ultramono is it's an album like the singles from it haven't really worked massively because it needs to be listened to as one piece of music yeah. where it really really works in a big way. So I really like that. Really really like it. Would recommend it. I also listen to Salt, but I mainly listen to Untitled Rise, which just came out. Uh, and I found out about them because The Guardian gave it a five-star review and mm. has seems to have given everything. They've, they've done four albums in 18 months and nobody knows who they are. Mm. Um, but the music is r- amazing. It's like this kind of 70s disco, yeah. R&B, funk stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got these amazing songs that are written so well with these yeah. big choruses, but it's really, really political as yeah. well. And, you know, looking at social issues and yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter. And, yeah, it's it's a wonderful album. It's really, really good. It seems like Untitled Black is was the reaction to the murder of George Floyd and the Black Mm. Lives Matter movement and is quite angry or sad. Yeah, Untitled Rise. Yeah. Yeah. Untitled Rise, which just came out, is a bit I think the theme of that is sort of waking up the next day and still being angry, but acknowledging that it's a new day and it's time to Mm. rise up and move forwards and work towards something for the future, if you see what I mean. It's yeah. kind of a more forward-looking album rather than mm. focusing on the present. So as a pair, I think they go together really well. And there was a song called You Know You Ain't, which is um, fantastic. And, and yeah, it's a good album. Recommend it. I finished... So onto stuff I watched now. I finished the second season of Sex Education. Yes! How was Even it? Even though my homework was done... Excellent. The second season is much better than the first yeah, season. Yeah, that's what makes this the, the series, I think. 
Yes. Yeah. There's one episode, the episode with the detention. Uh, yeah. Where they have detention. Yeah. That's... Uh, three three separate points that made me cry in that episode. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah. And there's a scene in the finale where Adam, the principal's son, mm. hugs Olar. Yeah. And I I just broke. It broke me yeah. completely. It was the most beautiful thing. It I've was ever seen. so beautiful, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. The the I remember I sent you a text saying in that in the second series there's the moment that I completely it completely turned. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the tension. Like it's um when they're on the bus. Oh yeah, I when thought, they all get on the bus together, that's yeah, that's one of the I bits thought, that made me cry. Oh, it's just like yeah. Um, but I'm nervous about season three. Yeah, me too. Because I really enjoyed the second season. Uh, well, I really enjoyed the second season up until the, like the last couple of minutes, oh. and it did something that really frustrated me. Yeah. And if they if they drag that out for a full season, mm. it's, it's going to be quite annoying. Yeah, uh, you know that kind of like you, you know it's just like we know where this is heading, and we kind of it's a bit similar to the criticism I had of the first season with um, the principal's son and his story. Yeah, maybe being dragged out slightly longer than I want it to be. Mm. If they drag out the story the main story of Otis and Maeve for another season in the way that it looked like they were going to. I, yeah. I think that's the wrong move, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for good things. I loved season two. So Yeah, season two is awesome. We will see. I watched the first episode of a show on Netflix called Ratchet. Okay. Which is the prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, okay. You know the nurse in that is called Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, so oh, it's the okay. story of her. It's mm. she, she's in this. She's now played by Sarah Paulson, who is a brilliant actress yeah. actor from. She's in Ocean's Eight and American Horror Story and yeah. American Crime Story. She's she's brilliant. The first episode of Ratchet is crazy, very bizarre. <laughs> um, it's done so it's set in the forties, but it's filmed like a kind of fifties or sixties technicolor thriller. Okay. Uh, it uses music directly taken from Martin Scorsese's Cape Fear, like just literally takes the music <laughs> out of Cape Fear and uses it, which okay. I, I associate with a Simpsons episode that used that music as well. So okay. I found it really odd to <laughs> be watching a, a murder scene and suddenly have Simpsons music playing over top of it. Yeah. But um, it's for a reason. It's all it's this music that's all done with these strings and it's done to sound like a period film from the 60s kind of thing. Okay. Um. It's pretty good. I'm going to carry on watching it. I don't. I still can't quite understand why anyone felt the need to make a prequel to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. Um, like Rat, Nurse Ratchet is one of those amazing characters because we you don't really need to know why she is a horrible person. Yeah. she just is. Yeah, it's a you know I don't need a prequel telling me why um, the shark in Jaws eats people. It just does. <laughs> it's a shark. That's what it's doing. Okay, you know. Yeah. One of the great things about the Dark Knight, the Heath Ledger Joker, is that he tells three different stories about why he's the Joker in it yeah. because you don't need to know why he's the Joker. Mm. He's evil. Yeah. I feel a little bit similarly about Nurse Ratchet. I'm not quite sure why this show exists, but the first episode was entertaining, so I'm, okay. I'll, I'll give it that and I'll probably watch more. Anyway, I went to the cinema. Ooh. Oh, my word. Oh, Imagine was that the that. first time? No, second time, so I saw Tenet a few weeks ah, ago. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but I went back to watch Bill and Ted Face the Music. Okay. The the new Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are you familiar with the Bill and Ted movies, Alex? Um, I'm just going to look at a picture. Okay. But I don't think I have ever seen a Bill and Ted movie. 
Oh, that is upsetting. Bill and Ted images. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I know of it, but I've never seen it. So it's Keanu Reeves and Alex yeah. Winter yeah. playing Bill and Ted. Yeah. Keanu plays Ted, Alex plays Bill. Mm-hmm. So they made two films in like the late 80s, early 90s, I think. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which was about them being visited from the future, told that they were going to write a song because they were like in a, they were like wannabe rock stars and they were yeah. obviously like not very good. But they were visited by from the future by George Carlin, who told them that they were going to write a song that would unite the world. And this, the films were about kind of their adventures in, in trying to write that song. Yeah. They made, they've come back to make a third film a long time, about 25 years later, yeah. uh, Keanu Reeves is now a superstar, one of the most famous people on the planet. Alex Winter basically hasn't done a film since <laughs> no, the last really? Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> yeah. So very different uh, experiences of, of life those two have had. Yeah. But um, they're back as Bill and Ted 25 years on and they still haven't written the song that's going to save the world. <laughs> and they are they are told in... No uncertain terms that they have about an hour to write the song, or the world is going, the the universe is going to end. Okay. Uh, so they have to go on another adventure to try and save it. It's the kind of film that is being made more and more nowadays, like a sequel to a film that hasn't been touched in in twenty years or so, and often yeah. it doesn't work. Somehow, <laughs> Bill and Ted Face the Music is as good as the original films. Oh, it wow. stands alongside them. And has the same quality, the same goofy energy. It's funny. Keanu Reeves is is fantastic. Alex Winter, despite not performing on screen in years, is great. He just steps right back into the role of Bill. But the highlight of the movie, Alex. Oh, my <laughs> word, the highlight of the movie. What is it? Samara Weaving. Yeah. Playing, um, playing Thea, who is Bill's daughter. Yeah. And Bridget Lundy-Payne playing Billy, who is Ted's daughter. So they've named their daughters after each other. Oh, wow. They are fantastic. Samara Weaving is just, just every second she's on screen, you can't look away. She is so funny in it, playing her version of like a young Alex Winter. Amazing. But then even better than that is an act, is an actor that I've never seen before, Bridget Lundy-Payne. Yeah. Uh, they play... Uh, Keanu Reeves' daughter and their impression of a young Keanu Reeves is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on screen. It is so incredibly funny and every scene that they have together in the film is just brilliant. It's just makes me laugh so oh, much. They play their older yeah. sister in Atypical. Absolutely they do. One of my yes. favourite TV series. Uh, and I know, and I I was excited when I looked it up and saw that they were in Atypical. Apparently, they are nothing like that in Atypical. They are they are fantastic um, in the role, but apparently, like the the character they play in Atypical isn't like a young Keanu Reeves. Like mm. they're doing a very like good performance in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Um, there's a lot of other great actors in Bill and Ted Face the Music, including Anthony Carrigan. Can we talk about Anthony Carrigan very briefly? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few weeks ago, <laughs> I watched the Eurovision movie. Yeah. Do you remember? And I said Anthony Carrigan was in the Eurovision movie but had no lines. And I've since looked it up and I can find no evidence of Anthony Carrigan being listed in the cast of the Eurovision movie. And I'm worried that I've just seen a another bald actor and thought it was Anthony Carrigan. Probably. But I really, 
really, really, really thought this guy was Anthony Kerrigan. Either way, Anthony Kerrigan is in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Okay. Playing a robot. He's great in it. And it just reminded me again that we need another season of Barry to happen as soon as possible. But yeah, if you were skeptical about Bill and Ted Face the Music, you'd have good reason to be. But if you're a fan of the original movies, you should 100% check out the new one. It is wonderful. Yeah. Then I watched a film on Netflix that people have been talking about called The Social Dilemma. Have you heard of this film, Alex? No. The Social Dilemma is a, f- a documentary about social media, how it's tracking you all the time, oh, watching what I you're doing. I want to see it. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. Yes, yes, yes. But are you already aware of those things? Yeah. You don't need to watch The Social Dilemma then. Okay. It doesn't tell you anything that you that you won't or just already oh. know. It's... It's and it's it's done through talking head interviews with loads of people who made these social media websites. Like the guy who invented the like button is invent is interviewed, and okay. the, the person who was in charge of monetization at Facebook is in, like all these people who helped make these social media sites are interviewed, saying how dangerous and evil social media is. And it's yeah. like it's like watching Doctor Frankenstein complaining to the angry villagers that the monster is too dangerous without ever admitting to the fact that he made the monster. Oh wow. Oh. I, I found it incredibly irritating oh. and frustrating. Because I thought it would be really interesting, but... No, it's got, it has got it. adds nothing new to the conversation. Oh. Maybe it's because I am an IT kind of professional in a way, so yeah. I kind of really knew all this stuff already because I've seen a lot of people saying it blew their mind. If you can understand the idea that every single thing you do on a social media site is tracked and monitored yeah. and catalogued in order to make money off you, yeah. then you, you know everything that this film is going to tell you. Mm. Something um, bizarre happened to me actually the other day. I was talking oh, about a yeah. uh, Lenovo laptop. Yeah. And I've never searched about Lenovo. I was talking to a yeah. friend who wanted to buy a Lenovo laptop. We didn't message, we didn't chat. On, and I suddenly had an advert for Lenovo on my phone, which I thought, it's, has it gone that far now that they actually? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like to. I don't like to enter too much into conspiracy because, like, coincidence oh, no, no, no. is a thing. Yeah, coincidence is a thing, it, but it, it, it is odd. It is very odd because I I know that everything I look for and uh, for example, in Facebook on Facebook, I remember noticing the when when I was on um, in university, uh, I didn't have a relationship status. Um, yeah. and it said single at 22, at 22 find your ele- eligible partner or something <laughs> like that and so yeah. you're like oh well yeah so they, they, they just check my data and, and send uh, tailored adverts to me yeah. But, um, so this, yeah. this documentary is explaining all of that oh, but it also okay. keeps cutting to uh, like a fictional acted out drama of a family who are all addicted to their phones and um, the mum's annoyed about them being addicted to their phones okay. to kind of, I guess, illustrate the points being made. But it's just, oh, my word. Okay. I did not like it at all. Oh. I don't think anybody should watch it. There's no need to. Well, unless Social you don't media, know anything. Unless you don't know anything at all. But just if you don't know anything at all, listen to me right now. Social media <laughs> is insidious yeah. and dangerous. Yeah. And use it, but use it with caution and yeah. be aware that, of what they are tracking. Absolutely. That's all. That's there. We go. Okay. Absolutely. You know everything the social dilemma is going to tell you. Yeah. Then, oh, let's keep this train rolling because when <laughs> I watched a movie, oh my word, on Amazon Prime Video called The Hunt. Have you heard of The Hunt? Is that is that not a film that a Swedish film? 
no, there's a da- there's a Danish movie called The Hunt, starring Mass Mikkelsen, yeah. which is fantastic yeah. five star classic. So what? This so, is not that film. So that's the big like. Have you heard of The Hunt? Yeah, we talked about it last yeah. week, George. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Sorry, no. The Hunt is from 2019 slash 2020. It's like a horror film. Ah, okay. About oh god, I don't even want to discuss it. No, I want to talk about it because I hate it. <laughs> it's about. It's the classic, right, you've heard this story before, rich people hunting humans for sport. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. It was due to come out in 2019 around the time of one of the many um, horrible shootings in America. Mm. So the release date of it was pushed back um, because it was deemed too dangerous uh, to, to show. Oh, my word. The, oh. the messages in this movie. Oh, fantastic. We sell too, arms in Walmart. Too dangerous. It's too dangerous to we, show up. If we, flipping if we don't put this film, If we don't put this film out, then it can't damage people. Oh my god! Because it's just so raw and real. Are um, we? Are we really grumpy today? <laughs> I'm grumpy. I'm grumpy about the hunt because I hate it. Um, so eventually, and then, and then, but thanks to coronavirus, it wasn't able to come out in the cinema at all. And mm. eventually, it went straight to streaming. And when it first came out on Amazon Video, fifteen pounds they were asking to rent this film. I'm so wow. glad I didn't do that because yeah. wow. Um, it, eventually, I paid two pounds to watch it, and I regret. I regret that just as much. <laughs> it so okay so it's the classic it's the classic tale that we've all heard rich people hunting humans for sport but in this version of the tale the rich people are left-wing liberal people liberal elite alex and he you've disappeared that was such a disappointing thing you just said <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> liberal elite well exactly so let me get so one more time i'll do that one more time no, in no, this was... version Okay, the the so the people hunting people are the yeah. left wing liberal elite, mm. and the people being hunted are right wing, um, I guess not even right wing like hillbillies or whatever like people that okay. people that complain about the liberal elite, um, yeah. are being hunted, and the messaging of this film I have no idea what it wants me to think. Does it want <laughs> me to think that li- left wing people are evil? Does it want me to think right wing people are evil? I I can't begin to work out what this movie wants me to think. All the characters, every single character is horrible and irritating, including the good guys that, that are being hunted that you should want to win. They are irritating and horrible and selfish. Yeah. The bad guys are like, there's one scene of them all in a bunker having a, having a conversation and, you know, virtue signaling to the nth degree in the most irritating way. Like virtue signaling is not a term I would use if people want to care about things, as we've discussed with idols, they should. But this movie posits that anybody that cares about anything is a massive hypocrite because all they actually want to do is fly to Europe and hunt people for sport. It was the most irritating movie I've seen in a while. I really, really strongly disliked it. And if you're tempted to spend any money on it at all, please, please don't. Also, the person leading the hunters is... Filmed from the back for like most of the film because they want to make a big, like, deal about who it actually is who's playing the character. So I'm going to spoil that right now so that that's not even you don't even need to worry about that. It's Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank's in the film. Hilary Swank to, is in a film. Yeah, they want it to be secret. It's not a secret. Hilary Swank's in the movie. She plays the leader of the hunted people. Oh God, I just no time for that awful movie. I thought anyway, Hilary Swank was like a good actress. 
She's a good actress and she's perfectly fine in it. She's not the problem with the hunt. The problem with the hunt is the people that wrote it. And yeah, but it. that's the thing. Would you not say God. no? No, thank you. I'm not going to do such a crappy I can't, film. You know, sometimes you have to remember, I feel like when you're looking at a script, you don't necessarily know what the finished product is going to be like. Like, I can't blame actors sometimes too much for being in bad things. They, you know, they ha- it's a job ultimately. They take jobs and sometimes it works out and mm. sometimes it doesn't. Some actors are brilliant at picking the right script and some actors just don't get it right every time. But the person who wrote and directed this movie, they had a vision. They decided on that vision and it's horrible and they should be embarrassed. Uh, Oh, it's also got loads of George Orwell Animal Farm references all over it because they think that's really clever. Oh, just leave me be. Go away. (laughs) Then I played quite a lot of a video game called Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which packages together super mario 64 super mario sunshine and super mario galaxy on the switch for some mad reason nintendo are only making it available until march next year i don't know why but if you think you'd enjoy that it's brilliant it's exactly what you think it is have a go if you own a switch then you should play it man that's the worst publicity ever you're like yeah it's okay whatever play it it was enjoyable and you know but it's not it just ex- it exists like it's so grumpy. I don't know why they've made it only available until March, and then yeah. they're going to stop selling it. Like that's just really it's anti-consumer and it's pro them making as much money as possible. And I don't like it. Nintendo's business practices should be as fun as their games, but they're not, and they should be in- embarrassed. Sorry, I talked about three things that kind of it, but that the game is incredible. Like the game is three of the best games ever made in one in one package. Like yeah. it's incredibly good and if you've never played Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Galaxy then you should play them because they're brilliant if you haven't played Super Mario Sunshine you should play that but be aware that it's really flawed in some really irritating ways but it's also a lot of fun Hmm. there we go that's my culture catch up homework time Alex it was your job to watch over the garden wall how did that go (laughs) okay George you're scaring me now sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now. Okay, so I watched Over the Garden Wall. Uh, Over the Garden Wall, which is a a series uh, about two brothers who find themselves lost in the woods uh, Mm. and and try to find their way home. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and on this way home, they find different people that are all in a pickle. And, well, different people which all seem to be messed up in some way or another mm. uh and that's it yeah and that is it um all episodes are about 10 minutes long so they're quite yeah. short uh yeah. and um it's 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 an interesting series um yeah. uh yeah um the 10 minutes felt extremely long <laughs> i couldn't really get into it it was oh, really interesting. It was really like the stories are interesting and um every episode is a different story. So um sometimes I found my found myself thinking, have I missed an episode? Because in one yeah. episode they're trying to find some pennies uh yeah. to go on a boat, and in the next episode they're on the boat. But the yeah. they in the previous episode they lost the pennies. And I was thinking, right, right, right. how on earth did it get on the boat? Because they lost the pennies. So I stopped the episode thinking, did I miss an episode? 
um, it's very fragmented. It's very kind of uh, yeah, because I guess it's just like bite-sized looks into like chunks of their journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the my favorite character is definitely the little brother. Yeah. He's so random, and he's got a pet frog, and it's really uh, interesting. And I want on, on one episode, he sings a song that is clearly it feels like a song that has just been made up by a child. It just goes. Yeah. Fairy tales and bubbles and something, <laughs> something. And it's just, it's quite funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I quite like him, but I, I, I can't, I, you know, when you, when you watch something and people get lost and you, your wish as a viewer is for them to find their way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't care if they got home or if anything happened to them. Like I, I, I couldn't. I wasn't emotionally invested in them. That's interesting. Uh, and so when they, at one point in, I think is in episode nine, the little brother goes missing. I was like, oh, it's gone missing. Whatever. Doesn't matter. And just, just like, I just didn't feel emotionally um, connected with the characters. Um, and I don't know why. I just couldn't, like one episode I fell asleep. Maybe because it's just quite, it's quite calming. It's a bit scary for yeah. kids, by the way. Like, if I yeah. had watched that as a kid, I would have been terrified. In the second episode, they go to a pumpkin village. Oh, that was terrifying. It reminded and me of, like, those uh, cartoons from the 1940s or something. Well, the whole thing is meant to look like those yeah. cartoons, yeah. Yeah. But, like, what I love about it as a show is the sinister atmosphere and sort of vibe of it and like that's perfectly summed up by they walk into this barn mm. that's full of these pumpkin people yeah. and Elijah Wood's cat the older boy walks over to um one of them and she turns to him and goes oh aren't you a little early and he goes yeah what's mm. right and she's like you don't you look like you're not ready to join us yet and then it's just not really until the very end of the episode you don't yeah. know what that means it's just yeah. kind of thrown out there as such a sinister weird yeah. And like that's what I like about it, just that it kind of has this quite unsettling mm. vibe to it the entire yeah. time. Like then the next episode of that they go to a school that's all animals. Mm. Um yeah, no. Anyway, God, it's it's a pity that you weren't keen on it, but I love it. Well, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just it was I I don't know. It was just like, yeah, I watched it. You know, it's not something that I'm going to watch again. And, Fair enough. And <laughs> like it took me for ten minutes. It took me about ten days to watch it. Mm. Like it took me three days to watch nine hours of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it took me ten days to watch <laughs> like a hundred minutes of this one. And it, it wasn't. It was not that I didn't like it. I, 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 I wouldn't say oh I didn't like it. I just, I just like oh okay. It's it's like that, and that is it. Yeah. Mm. One episode I really liked is when um, you kind of, uh, you have the beginning of the story and how they get lost. I thought that was really interesting. Right. But I think the So rest you wanted was... more, more story? Or yeah. More like... right. Yeah. That's fair enough. Definitely. I definitely want a little bit more of that. And, and less, like, just nobody seems very nice in it either. <laughs> like, everybody just seems... Apart from the frog and the little boy, everybody seems to be a bit like not very nice. And so I don't know. 
I kind it, it of was... like that about mm. it as well, though. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like, the, the little bluebird is kind of oddly... Yeah. ...nasty about it. Yeah, instead. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like that. I like it when characters don't always have to be nice. You don't mm. always have to like characters to have to want to follow their story. For me. Yeah. 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 But no. Yeah. It was it was okay. I, I, I watched it. And, yeah. I can't believe it was in Cartoon Network. Yeah, if yeah, I watched because was... like one one of them, there's one episode with this aunt and her niece or something, and she's oh disgusting. She's just this <laughs> big, horrible woman with nasty teeth, and oh, I don't know. It was just yeah. If I I wouldn't have been able to watch it as a kid, not at all. Yeah, but you know, I I'm glad I watched it. It was interesting to see something different. Yeah, but yeah, it was um, yeah, interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And that's my cool. review on Orbit: The Garden Wall. Lovely stuff. My turn. Yes, yes. Or oh, you watched Hilda? I did. My homework was to watch Hilda on Netflix, Netflix. which is a Cartoon, an animation on Netflix about a young girl called Hilda who lives with her mother and they have to move to the big city and it's kind of primarily about how a girl who lived her entire life in Mm. the country copes with moving to the city Mm. with the twist that they live in a world that's sort of a fantasy version of our world in a way. Yeah. Uh, fantasy creatures exist in it and stuff like that trolls and elves and things but also they have cars and towns and schools Mm. and all of that yeah so that's what Hilda is now before we talk about what I thought about Hilda Mm. just remember that you told me to watch Working Mums and I really liked it and then you told me to watch Sex Education and I really liked it so I've been very nice about the things you like (laughs) yeah recently (laughs) So I we had it was we two weeks ago was when we first had to it's two weeks since we last so I've had two weeks to watch Hilda. Yeah. I've managed to watch six episodes of Hilda. Yeah. I don't know if I can watch any more Hilda. That's fine. I don't like Hilda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna know why I don't like Hilda? I don't I hate being mean about things that you like, but I should I talk about why I don't like it? Can I talk? Is it okay? I'm going to tell you why I don't like Hilda. Is what? that okay? What? Of course. Okay, like, cool. I thought that was the point of it. I know, it's just I don't like being, but I have really strong opinions about it. Like well, not this strong week, opinions. you're so grumpy about everything. <laughs> I'm so grumpy. I'm going to take ah. everything with a pinch of salt okay, good. and go, it's not that bad. He doesn't dislike right. it that much. The colour scheme is really, like, the col- no, the, col- the, the colour palette that the show is working with mm. is really muted and not very lively at all. And then the animation style is extremely simplistic, which doesn't necessarily equal bad, because I like simplistic animation and simple, easy-to-follow animation. Mm. But when you combine it with the uh, muted colour scheme and the in my opinion, really flat, quite irritating voice acting, it produces um, something that I find quite difficult to watch without being really bored by. But, man, you you told me to watch something that was grey. Like, Over the Garden Wall is grey. 
The colour yeah, palette Garden is, Wall is, grey is because it's, mud, mud it's water, sepia-toned. <laughs> and it's... Come on! It's inspired by artwork from the 40s. It's There's a reason behind that. I don't know why Hilda is the way it is. I... I, I yeah, it's it. It's I don't. I to me, it's like Gravity Falls, but with all the things that would appeal to adults taken out. Like it's just very. It reminds me of cartoons I watched when I was a child. But cartoons that I wouldn't want to watch again when I'm an adult, like really simple, like mm. really young child cartoons. Mm. I'm sorry. No, you don't have to be sorry. I just felt how weird about the color palette since you made me watch something that looked like mud for ten. No, because episodes. I'm not. I'm not. So I was thinking about this. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier today because I was like, I almost when I was thinking about what I was going to say about Hilda, I was going to say animation should be really colorful and lively, but I don't think it should be, and I don't like. I don't like using should be. I don't like it when critics use should be. This should be that. Right. Mm. That's not yeah. the case. Yeah. I think that. Anything can be anything people want it to be, and mm. if they do it well enough, it can work. And in my opinion, over the garden wall, not to defend it because it's absolutely fine that you weren't keen on it, but the reason that the color palette in that show works, they've selected a color palette to match the um, the tone they're going for, which is a oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's honouring Americana of the 1940s, and that's why they've chosen that color palette. Hilda is 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 a fantasy show for children and i don't quite understand why the color palette is muted in the way it is but ultimately um ultimately i i just find the voice acting incredibly uh flat and i like like her mother her mum is voiced by daisy haggard who um has been in like every significant british comedy from of the last hmm. 20 years most notably for us she plays a, she plays a doctor in greenwing that mac briefly goes out with um yeah to the uh, jealousy of tamsin grieg and she plays a nurse in peep show that mark goes to visit when he's worried about the size of his scrotum <laughs> and she's very good in those she's very funny she's a very good comedic actress in hilda to me it sounds like she's walked into the recording booth and just read her lines once and then left i don't understand I, I don't know I can't I just couldn't I really I really tried I really really tried I watched it um I watched six episodes I pushed my way through it and I I can't I can't get into it and I'm really sorry that's fine you don't have to apologize yeah I don't like the theme tune either what no no that's ridiculous <laughs> that's a ridiculous thing to say I think you just had a bad week like come on that theme tune is pretty cool <laughs> It's there's nothing to it. It's just a sort of noise. Who 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 has who has ruffled your scrotum today? G Grimes. Grimes. Fine. Um, I I'm yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, no, that's fine. I, we uh, we don't have to like yeah. each other's stuff all the time. We don't no, have to agree. Not. Yeah, no, but I find it. I... You know, like. <laughs> I thought because you like Over the Garden... Oh, no, because I didn't like Over the Garden Wall, I guess. So I thought maybe you like Hilda, but no, they're very different. Yeah, they are. They are very different. The last episode of Hilda I watched was the one with the nightmare spirit who goes into that little boy's Yeah, dreams. yeah. That's a really solid idea. 
yeah. good idea for an episode of. I thought uh, all the ideas are really solid. Like I think I think there's really interesting, like the little gnomes and uh, in the I first just, episode that and the giant. Yeah, it's just uh, to me, it's all executed with like no imagination. What? What? Sorry. <laughs> what? But what? hey, listeners, have you watched? Have you watched any Hilda? Let me know if I'm wrong. Please tell me. What yeah, you, like you are wrong. Me. I've watched some Hilda, and you're definitely wrong. How can cool. there not be any imagination in Hilda? It's about cool. like a different world. Culturebucketpodcast.gmail.com. Hit us up. Let us know what you think about Hilda. Watch a bit of it. And let us know what you think of Over the Garden Wall, since it's just this uh, bizarre cartoon. I, I that know what they think about like Over the Garden Wall. Mud. They, they love it. They think no. it's the, the absolute best. Thing <laughs> what are you talking about? Seen. They love Over oh, the Garden Wall. They were terrible. telling me yesterday. Who was telling you? You know, the listeners down by the. <laughs> Behind the shed, they were telling me they love it. They said, "Oh, I guess this week wasn't was a good so week for our homework." <laughs> oh, it wasn't very good. I like her hair. She's got cool hair, and she's got a pet fox, a uh, deer fox. Yeah, she does. And I don't know. I think the color scheme just reminds me of like a Nordic kind of autumn cold uh i just i don't know it just warms me up that that cartoon i think it's so lovely no i can see i know but no you I, don't you can't see because you go sorry. oh my god the color palette is such a bear i does <laughs> that's exactly okay. what you said yeah that's yeah no you just you just do a funny voice and <laughs> make me sound like an idiot that's absolutely yeah. fine <laughs> No, I we we can disagree. We can. <laughs> if we always agreed, then it would be it would be boring. Sex education, though, uh, working mums, one of the best things I've ever seen. So good, love it. Maybe you should carry on watching Hilda. Like you weren't sure about sex education. Maybe. No, I liked it, and then I loved it. I don't know. It, I mean, it, I, I'm six episodes into Hilda. Is it going to change much? No. Okay. <laughs> How about a top five? Do you feel like hitting us up, hitting up some top fives? I don't know. I think maybe we should just stop today. No, top five. Five, four, three, two, one. Our top five. I think we forgot to say up top, but we're doing top five anime series today. Our top five, yeah, Japanese anime series. Yeah, that is our that is our topic for today. Mm-hmm. And we're sticking with it. We are. We're pushing well, through it was gonna to the be, end. It was going to be top five international animated series. However, we, we only I've only, Japanese. I've, I, yeah, I've, I've only so seen Japanese. So we're just going to call it top five anime. Anime. And also some of the things on my list I've only ever watched in English. But... <gasps> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I can't. It can't be helped. I, it, nostalgia plays a part in this list for me today. So some of the stuff I can oh, okay. only access in English. Ah. So it's top five anime. Yes. You're going to start us off with your number five choice. Yeah. It better not be Hilda. Well, it's not. It's not international, is it? Oh, it's Canadian, so. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, um, so anime. Uh, being born in Italy and having grown up in Italy, anime is a big part of childhood. So I grew up with. Um, Japanese anime thinking there was Italian cartoons there were Italian cartoons until then you start reading 
mangas and you go, oh, they're not Italian. They're Japanese. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, yeah. So I love anime and I've gone. One is. Um, uh, what's the word that you used before? Something really intelligent, I'm, I'm sure. No, something stupid. Some good word. Yeah. Was it, it colour palette? <laughs> no, it wasn't colour palette. Uh, one of them is like from my childhood and then the rest are like my adult things. Contemporary. Contemporary. Yeah. So uh, my number five is an anime uh, which... Uh, I also read the manga and is from my childhood, introduced to me by my big sister and it's called Rama. Oh, God, I never I never said it in English in English. Must be Ram and a half. Ram and a half. Uh, Ranma and a half. Oh, right. Because in Italian, we call it Ramma Mezzi. Right. And so, but I, I. I've been reading it, Ramma Mezzi, for like, and then I just remember now that I'm speaking English that it must be Ranma and a half. Yeah, it says Ranma half. Yeah, yeah. Ranma yeah. half. Yeah. Or in Japanese, Ranma Nibun no ah, Ichi. Pronounced, pronounced Ramna one half. One half. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so I uh, started as a Japanese manga series and then it was made into an anime. And the anime is about uh, this um, boy, uh, Ranma, and his father who on they go training in, uh, um, uh, in a place where there, there are these cursed springs. And every uh, some, when someone falls in the spring... Uh, then um, uh, they take the physical form of whatever drowned in the spring when they hit when they get hit by cold water. So basically, if I want, so uh, Rama falls in a spring where a, a young girl drowned. So every time Rama, who is a boy, uh, gets hit by cold water. He becomes a girl. Because a girl drowned in a spring. Yeah. And then his dad becomes a panda. <laughs> <laughs> because a panda drowned in a spring. Yeah. yeah. What, if, what if you fall in a spring that nobody's ever drowned in? Well, those are the, the cursed springs. So okay. I don't know. What if, uh, is it, what if, what if, what if, so the, the spring that the panda drowned in? Yeah. Yeah. What if yeah. then a dog drowned in that spring? Would it be the most recent thing to drown in the spring or the the first thing to drown in the spring? Well, uh, you need to go and ask the people that made it. Okay. No, it's oh, just yeah? because it, it is a very... I've always noticed it's a very uh, anime trope to really, really specifically define how things like that work. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Like, like there might be a bit where they throw a fly in and then he goes in and they're like, hi, I tricked you because I threw a fly in just before you went in and now you're a fly and you thought you were going to be a lion. Maybe. Maybe they do uh, uh, address that, but maybe I don't remember. Uh, I have no idea, I okay, guess. Sorry. Maybe you should research it or something. Yes, I'll research your choices before I know what they are. That's what I'll do. Oh, oh you're <laughs> such an ass bag today. <laughs> <laughs> what have you eaten? Sorry. Oh my goodness. Some freaking uh, bitter pie. 
please continue telling me that you're on the one half. <laughs> sounds good. It is good. No, I'm not, I... not being sarcastic. It does sound good. It sounds okay. like a good action. Is it actiony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very actiony. Then uh, Ranma and his father uh, go and live uh, uh, with um, in this dojo uh, okay. with this family. And uh, in the past, the dojo owner and Ranma's da- dad uh, said that uh, their children would get married. And so uh, Ranma is, has to marry Akane, who hates boys. Uh, and then it's just the story and the adventures of Ranma and all these people. And he yeah. married, so he marries this girl. Yeah, I think so. At the end, I'm not sure if I've seen it all. Okay. Um, this is something that I I read the comic and I watched. Uh, it was every afternoon in Italy, so, right. but I'm not sure if I watched the entire series. I just know that okay. I. So is this like a big nostalgia choice for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, it is definitely a nostalgia thing because it's something that I used to watch when I was a kid in on TV, and um, and my sister used to buy the the bangers and i used to read them after her and that's nice it. no yeah. good that sounds cool i've not heard of it before like i said but it sounds like a good show it is with a, biz- a really bizarre concept <laughs> it is it is a bizarre concept and like one of them transforms into a pig uh a little pig and um yeah it's, it's cool because there's lots of diff- different characters but the characters also become something different so when and... you tr- when you so you're 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 a human being yeah somebody throws cold water on you yeah now you're a pig yeah can you talk no can well you... no i know i think so i think you can talk okay rama could definitely talk because well, she became a girl well yeah he but became that's a, girl. a human becoming a human i'm not sure if the, p- the panda could talk yeah can you do anything that a panda could you can, does it give you powers no 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 you're you're the same person so okay. i think you can talk but I'll yeah say it, the same panda yeah okay okay cool Intr- uh, yeah no fascinating all right my number five. Hiya. Okay. So, uh, well, first disclosure for the top five list this week. It's much more... I mean, I like anime, but I think this is definitely your domain more than my domain. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So I've got like... It's like a list really ruled by nostalgia for me. Like three of my choices are very much like things I loved when I was younger that I mm. still love now, but like... I, I love them because I love them when I was a kid, including this one, which I think was probably the first anime I ever watched. Mm. And I remember, I remember watching uh, Sky One. I think was the channel back mm. when I was in school. Where I would I would have my breakfast in the morning and watch Sky One. And I remember seeing mm. an advert for a new show that was starting uh, that I'd never heard of before. And a, and it was name the name of it was oh, a word. Can I that, guess it? Go on, Pokemon. Pokemon. And I remember the very first time I saw an advert for Pokemon and yeah. being like, what is that word? What yeah. on earth does that mean? And now it feels crazy. It's like seeing the word Apple and not knowing what Apple means. Like it feels oh, yeah. strange to remember a time when I didn't know what Pokemon went, meant. Uh, but then Pokemon started. The anime was my first exposure to Pokemon. Yeah. And it's it's the story of Ash Ketchum, a 10-year-old boy who on his 10th birthday is sent out into the world to uh, catch Pokemon, which are these little monsters in balls. Why am I explaining what Pokemon is? I don't know. I have no idea. I've I've lost my mind. If you don't know what Pokemon is, I can't... You do not live on this planet. I can't help you. Um, Yeah. You need need help, more help than the podcast can provide. (laughs) 
He meets up with Brock, the stone gym trainer, and Misty, mm. the water gym trainer. They go on adventures together. They meet like a different Pokemon each week. It's basically just trying to sell me the Pokemon video game. It totally worked. I brought it twice. I brought the oh. red version and the blue version. I caught wow. all 151 Pokemon on my Game Boy, and then somebody deleted my file, and it still hurts today. It oh. causes me pain to think about it. But that's not the fault of the anime, which is perfect. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how much to say beyond my favourite type of Pokemon is ghost Pokemon. So my favourite yeah. episode of the anime is the one where they go to the ghost tower and meet mm. Gengar. Uh, it's really cool to have a ghost. It's <laughs> 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 a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what I'm yeah. saying. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I love Pokemon. Mm. Uh, my favourite Pokemon now today is Mimikyu. Do you know Mimikyu, Alex? No. Uh, let me tell you about Mimikyu, right? Okay. P- picture this. Picture a ghost Pokemon, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry. Picture a ghost Pokemon, okay? Yeah. That is so shy, it's too shy to ever let anyone see it, so nobody knows what it l- looks like, okay? Ah, uh, okay, yeah. But paradoxically, it wants to be popular and it wants people to like it. Hmm. So how does it... How does it overcome this problem of being too shy to show itself to people but wanting to be popular? Yeah. What does it do? Any ideas? Uh, it, I don't know. Gives it away easily? No. It makes <laughs> itself It makes itself a costume, okay? Yeah. It makes itself a costume of the most popular Pokémon so that people will like it because they'll think it's the popular Pokémon. So yeah. what what costume do you think it makes? Pikachu. Pikachu. So Mimikyu is a ghost <laughs> hiding inside a Pikachu, a homemade Pikachu costume. It is the most delightful Pokemon in the entire world. And I feel so much empathy and connection with the idea of a shy ghost that wants to be popular, but also doesn't want to be seen. It's the best. So, yeah, Mimikyu is my favorite Pokemon. Nice. Um, but nice. Yeah, there we go. There cool. we go. Oh, cool. Cool. So what's your number four? Mine. Number four uh, is... Is it Ranma Three Quarters? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my number four is an anime uh, from 2016 called Noragami. Have you ever heard of it? Noragami. 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 Which it's... Uh, I've not heard of it. Translation ever. is called Stray God. Okay. Yeah. Can I guess what it's about? Yeah. It's about a god who comes to Earth, doesn't know how to get home, so he makes friends with somebody and experiences the life of a normal person. Mm, uh, you're close. Yes. So yeah. Uh, well, kind of. Well, so uh, well, it's a bit more complicated than that. But um, I love anime about uh, shrines and gods, and so I had to find. I, I, it's kind of like a like a, a genre of anime that I really, really like. Yes. And so I was trying to find the one that was, you know, the one my favorite, and I chose this one. Okay. And is about uh, this uh, high school girl, uh, and she's involved in a. Um, in a bus accident while trying to protect a stranger. Okay. And uh, this, uh, what happens after this is that her soul starts uh, slipping up out from her body. Okay. And she starts living in two uh, parallel wor- wor- worlds. Uh, 
the where where humans live and um which is called the near shore and where creatures uh, live and that's called the far shore where Makes demons sense. and souls linger and um she meets uh in through her soul she meets uh this uh, god that hasn't got a shrine and he's called yato and uh he used to be the god of war so he used to be quite a bad god and uh, he's uh, he wants to uh, make a name for himself and he uh gives out wishes for 5 yen because that's the kind of um ceremonial um amount of money you're supposed to give in shrines which is just 5 yen because it's got a hole in the middle yeah and um and so he it's uh, like how so you said because it's got a hole in the middle then as if that explains why it would be <laughs> it would matter yeah it doesn't matter i have no idea shut up <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and so uh he also so he says to this girl hiori uh that um that he's going to help to fix her body um in every god then is got a regalia which is a weapon uh which is uh, oh. a weapon yeah, which is a weapon of from a dead human soul uh, and is named by the god that owns the uh, regalia. Now, why, and, why do uh, they call it regalia? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I just watched the anime. It's just and, because in... Sorry, I keep quitting. I keep, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's just because <laughs> in the most recent Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy XV, yeah. the, the car that the main characters drive around the game in is called yeah. the regalia and okay. i've never really known that word used yeah. before so i wonder yeah. why a japan two mm. japanese things have both named something regalia i don't know but, uh, but i guess it's I, a question it, for the ages yeah and you know different gods fight each other different gods use the different regalias and one regalia can have one god but there are strange regalias that sell themselves to many gods and they're kind of freaky. Um, and I just I just really, really like it. It's just um, quite, I don't know, it's... Um, Is it action-packed? Yes, action-packed. It's kind of uh, an urban fantasy. It's... It's cool. I like it, and mm. um, I, I I really enjoy it, and I really like the music in it, and I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Nice. But when I spoke to Japanese people about it, they were like, "Ah, oh, rubbish." Oh really? So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's cool, and uh, I think it's really good. And uh, that's my number four. It's called Noragami, and I love things like that. I don't know. I love Japanese anime about shrines and things, but the other ones that I like are quite romantic, and and I was like, oh, let me yeah, no, romantic a little bit further up in my in my uh, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Cool. So, what's okay. your number four? Okay, my number four is another classic, one that I'm sure you'll have heard of. Uh, probably the second anime I got into after Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Any guesses? Um. Uh. Yes. 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 Uh. Is the one that is uh with monsters Digimon. No. Oh. Okay. I don't know then. Uh. Ah, Drag Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball, or specifically yes. Dragon Ball Z, which was Z. The, the one I watched. So. Yes. Yeah. So when I was in school, my daily routine was Pokemon with breakfast and Dragon Ball <laughs> Z with dinner. 
Because Cartoon Network showed, I think Sky One showed Pokemon in the morning and then Cartoon Network showed Dragon Ball Z uh, about half five in the evening. So I used to have my dinner yeah. and watch Dragon Ball Z. The story of Goku, mm-hmm. a Saiyan who lands on Earth uh, and is much stronger than normal humans, so ends mm. up sort of being a protector of Earth. If that sounds a bit like the story of Superman, that's because it's basically the same as the story of Superman <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but Goku is... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's largely about men with big muscles screaming at each other and yeah. uh, turning their hair different colours to, sh- to, 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 to defeat each other. It's hard to describe, really. It's just a, it's a martial arts anime. Yeah. Um, and I kind of really love it. The main character, Goku, is very endearing because he's got mm. this enormous amount of strength. He's constantly getting stronger. But he only ever wants to do good. He just wants to be a good man and help people. And he's quite a simple character in a way. There's not much complexity to Goku beyond just he is always wants to protect the world. And he can seem like a really simple character and he's quite a funny character because mm. of how simple his needs and desires are in the world. But then... When he comes up against a really challenging foe, you see that he's actually a really strong personality. His, his mm. character's really strong because he'll, he won't stop and he'll fight and he'll fight and he'll fight and he'll go from being kind of a goofy character to mm. really serious. Yeah. And like the, the epi- yeah. I remember when I was a kid, the episodes where he would switch and become really serious and get, get angry at the villains, uh, I really liked that, the way he could kind of like switch from being quite fun to, to mm. you know, when he needs to be being really serious and intense. And then it built as the series goes on, it builds up this cast of characters around him, like his son Gohan and his <laughs> enemy Vegeta, who yeah. ends up becoming like his ally. Yeah. Um and there's cool things like all the characters, all the Saiyan characters are named after vegetables. So Vegeta is called Vegeta, because <laughs> vegetable. Uh, yeah. Goku's real name is Kakarot, Carrot. Uh, there's another character called Raditz, Radish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's lots of puns in it and stuff, and I really mm. like that. And it's just colourful, exciting. I think my yeah. favourite saga in it is the Boo saga because Boo is this big marshmallow boy who mm. uh, is not really evil, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, yeah. it's a little bit similar to Pokemon. You know what Dragon Ball Z is. I, I do. I love it. What do you think yeah. of Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of my childhood. Uh my sister used to read the manga, so I read the manga, and then I watched the cartoon, the anime. Mm. Yeah, that was my afternoon. Uh, yeah, in, it's, yeah, it's interesting so, yeah. because anim- at the, like anime wasn't popular when I was growing up. It mm. sort of started becoming popular when I was a kid, which is why I watched stuff like Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. But manga really wasn't popular. Like comic books yeah. aren't really popular in the UK. Mm. So manga they're so really expensive. Wasn't. Yeah, they're really expensive and all that. But I had a friend who was French. A French mm. friend, yeah, and he uh, manga similar to Italy, I guess. Manga is quite popular in France, yeah. So he had all the Dragon Ball manga. Mm. He had a big collection of loads of them, but obviously yeah. they're all in French. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I can't read French. Yeah, like, I did. No, French you're not an idiot. I mean, school. yeah, I mean, understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you're are. an idiot. You're yeah. an idiot, George. No, yeah. I'm. T- I'm re- I was really bad at French in school. Like there was no way yeah. I was going to both. So he would like. We'd sit and read the mangas, and he'd explain the story to me as I was Aww. looking through the pictures. It feels like I was, um, uh, yeah, no, he must have thought I was stupid, but he was really, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Was so that was kind of, and he had the Dragon Ball ones, which comes mm. before Dragon Ball Z. So I kind of yeah. learned the backstory for reading mm. these French mangas and having this this French kid explain them to me. 
Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, that was cool. So yeah, no, big place in my heart for Dragon Ball Z. Big yeah. love for Goku. Uh but my favorite character was always Krillin and I don't really know why because he never really does anything particularly mm. heroic, but I just really liked Krillin. Uh, yeah. And he could make that razor disc and, and fling it at people. It's amazing how like in Europe uh manga and anime are just basically everyday things and then when I moved to England it was just kind of like a cult thing to like if you're like a a, a geek you 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 read manga yeah, and you watched it's, anime it's, it's and people it, were like oh do you know this anime because I said oh yeah I like anime because it was my life and then they would just come out with the most obscure and absurd anime I was like I don't know and they're like you don't like anime it's like <laughs> okay fine and yeah because also like here uh, our manga would cost I don't know maybe like 2,000 lira which is like a pound yeah. or something and but in England it's like five pounds per yeah. per yeah. manga England and so I had to stop reading crazy. them because it was just I like, couldn't afford to read mangas <laughs> you're like you arrived in England you're like where's the manga shop why, why, yeah, why can I not Waterstone. The manga, the manga shop is Waterstone, which is like a <laughs> a, a, a bookshop. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, there we go. Dragon Ball Z. How, what's your number three? My number three. Uh, my number three is uh, an anime which I love, uh, and it's called My Love Story, or in Japanese, Ore Monogatari. Mm. I've watched yeah. this anime. You have watched it. Yeah. And it's the story about, uh, well, uh, the main character, uh, Takeo-kun, is this big, uh, giant, brutish-looking uh, boy uh, on um, in high school. And, and he's really lovely. Uh, but girls don't really like him uh, because they don't understand him because it's quite it's quite brute and like brutish and stuff. Yeah. And they love his friend Makoto, who is beautiful, classic, gorgeous, uh, anime beauty. Um, and uh, he doesn't. Well, they're really good friends, and he doesn't really mind uh, Takeo-kun about Makoto. Um, and more then. Popular. Yes, being more popular. And then um, he meets uh, Rinko, uh, who at the beginning he thinks is in love with um, his friend Makoto, but really uh, she's in love with him, with uh, Takeo, which is the main character, and she bakes him cakes, and it's just a beautiful love story with these two people. And I love it. It's so funny, sweet, lovely everything that i love about an anime just good and they have of course um they might have issues going through like staying together but in the end they love each other and they stay together and yes it's beautiful i love it and yeah it's my number three i Mm. also dressed up once at a halloween party as uh rinko you did and our friend dressed up as Takeo and our friend, yeah, and our friend Sean and yeah. dressed up as Takeo and uh, yeah, it's cool. Did it's, you like it when you watched it? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it it doesn't sound like something I'd enjoy because it's about you know it's just about two high school people who fall in love, but yeah, it's very very charming. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's very charming and it's very watchable and uh, it's very funny. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I most memorably 
that's I was about to say I most memorably remember, but that's <laughs> terrible. Um, the part I remember the most is yeah. where there's a fire in a restaurant and he rescues yeah. her. Yeah. Is that where they first yeah. sort of meet? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, really good. No, I, I yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, I always, yeah. It's Ari Monogatari is the Japanese name, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I never think of it as my love story. I always no. think of it as Ari Monogatari. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's, it's good, good so movie. good. I love it. Uh, people should yeah. definitely watch it. Do you know if it's available on anything particularly? Uh, not legally. No, Unfortunately, so. Funimation yeah. might have it or Crunchyroll. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good. But yeah, number three, Ore Monogatari. Ore Monogatari. Or my love story. Okay. My number three. Mm. Uh, might be on your list as well. I don't know. And I feel a bit embarrassed about it because I've only seen the first series of it and I know there's at least two more series of it that I haven't watched yet that I need to watch. But I love the first series so much that I'm popping it on my list at number three. And it is Attack on Titan. Of course I've got it on That's my list. Is it at number three? No. no. Should we talk about it now? Yeah. Should we just do the talk about it of now? Of course. Okay. Of course. So in Japanese, Shingeki no Kyojin. Yes. Or in English, Attack on Titan. It's set in a sort of fictionalized world um, that takes inspiration from Europe, particularly Germany, yeah. I feel, um, mm-hmm. where humans live in these big walled cities yeah. because the outside world is roamed by these enormous giant titans which yeah. basically just look like huge naked people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they periodically break through the walls of the cities and eat people in a very graphic, gory way, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Yeah. And the, so- the story sort of follows a group of young people who become recruited or go into training to be... Is it rangers? Are they called rangers, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Who patrol the the walls and patrol the outside world, killing these titans uh, mm-hmm. to protect humanity. Uh, and what I kind of what I love about it straight away is that they're always in danger. Like it's such yeah. a it, it, it always. always makes it clear how fighting these titans, even though they look ridiculous, they look comical. They yeah. do just look like huge naked people in a way mm-hmm. that looks really absurd. Yeah. But, they they animate them with such speed where they're like stumbling along looking completely gormless. But then when something gets near them, they'll they'll grab it and yeah. just immediately eat it. And it means that mm-hmm. you're never you never feel safe. You never feel like any character is safe. They could be killed at any point, which is such yeah. a good thing for, for like an action series. It feels so tense. Unlike like in Dragon Ball Z, everybody's made of of, of titanium. Like people are chipped yeah. through mountains and they're absolutely fine. Whereas like yeah. In Attack on Titan, they feel totally vulnerable all the time. Yeah. And to fight these giants, they use these, like, they have these things on their hips that shoot out uh, grappling oh, hooks, essentially, that yeah. they kind of zoom around with, and oh. they have these swords. Mm-hmm. The only way to kill one of these titans is to, like, slice the back of their neck open, yeah. essentially. Oh, yeah. Um, and as it goes along, a lot is revealed. Like, the plot is really intricate. Like, where these mm-hmm. titans come from is... Um, is 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 revealed and there's different types of titans and all these yeah. kinds of things come into it. There's a lot of body horror at play as it goes yeah. along and shows how different things are happening. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of like an action show, but it's also a horror show. Like it's so yeah. violent and so gory. And I like it so much that when I lived in Japan, I went to see the live action <laughs> film version of it in mm-hmm. Japanese with no English subtitles. 
And yeah. that was a pretty bad film. Mm-hmm. But I did it for my love of uh, Attack on Titan. And then two yeah. two series of it have come and gone and I haven't watched them. And I'm not sure why beyond just not wanting to have it get worse, if you see what I mean. Man, watch them. <laughs> yeah, well. They are amazing. Like it gets better and okay. more intricate yeah. and more complicated and more confusing <laughs> of who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. Right, I'm sure. Not just between titans and people, but it's just, it. it's so good, George. You have to carry on watching it because it just, it's insane. It becomes more insane. And have you, uh, in the first series, because I can't remember, is it in the first series, do they go out? They go out a little bit, yeah, because they there's a. Did they manage to catch one of the titans? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's yeah. A, there's the one that they chase for a forest. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like that's the big mystery of is because there's a titan that um because the titans sort of walk around with it looking really gormless. Yeah. Uh, but then there's occasionally these different titans. There's a huge yeah. one that you if you've ever seen like merchandise for Attack on Titan, you've probably seen the yeah. giant like skinless yeah. one. Yeah, but then there's one. There's a female one that can kind of con- seems do, do seems you... to be in more control of itself. You find out what that is. You find out in the first series, like what that female titan is. Like, yeah, what's what the reason but, is for that existing. But then you find out who the skinless titan is. Yeah, and... so I haven't got that far. I don't know. That. Yeah, George, it it doesn't get worse. It just gets better, and right. it's such a good animation. Yeah, 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 like it's so good, and I think you need to start watching it again. Yeah, uh, because it just becomes really, really interesting. Okay, I will. Get the, because I thought, I thought, ah, oh, well, you know, after the first series season, you go, ah, oh, well, what can they do? But ah, oh, it's amazing, and <laughs> it becomes much more complicated. Okay, and more surprising. Okay, yeah, it's really, really good. Okay, and I was reading some trivia actually. Oh yes, and apparently. They say that, uh, as I read on IMDb, they says the aspects of Le- Levi's, Levi's, which is one of the generals' yeah. designs and personality, were based on Rorschach from Watchmen. Can you see that? Um, hmm. Kind like, yeah, I, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, but I never thought about it. No, I, I like, have oh, never that, made that's... that link, but I can see it because he's very, he's very. It's 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 the idea that all he cares about is mission, right? Like all yeah. Rorschach cares about in Watchmen is is yeah. protecting the the world or whatever. Like he's got a very he's got a moral compass that that won't yeah. move at all. Mm. So he won't he won't um he won't do he won't do us he won't do something bad for the greater mm. good in yeah. in Watchmen. That's Rorschach saying is like he won't mm. compromise at all. Like he will always do the right thing, even if he knows it's going to create more trouble than doing maybe the wrong thing yeah. for the right reason, if you see yeah. what I mean. And I get, yeah, I can see that in the character of Levi as well. Mm. But, oh, it's such a good series. Oh, it's so good. And uh, whoever hasn't watched it, he should watch it. Yeah. Because it's just it. incredible. Mm. No, it is, it, is, yeah. it is wonderful stuff. I do love Attack on Titan. Yeah, I and I think you got me into it, which, Probably no, our fr- another friend of ours in Japan got us into it. Yeah. And, uh, and then when it finished, you're like, 
yeah, it's going to be two years until the next season. That was the thing. I watched it and then it was like two years before it yeah. came out. And just by the time the rest of it came out, it was a bit like, oh, it's so long since I saw the first series. It was oh, anyway. Yeah, but, we'll get back. Oh, it's so good. Watch it. Watch my, it. So that's your number three. Yeah. My favorite character is Sasha. Yeah. Why? Because she, she eats, eats all bread. the time. <laughs> she likes bread. It just makes yeah. me laugh. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. So that's my number three. What's your number two? My number two. Uh, my number two is uh, another love story because I, in films, I love slice of life. In anime, I love shoujo anime, which is all about love. I don't know why. I'm not even that romantic, but I love romantic anime. <laughs> romantic comedy anime, especially. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, so my number two is called Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Mm. which in Japanese is called Gekken Shoujo Nozaki-kun. And it's a really funny uh, romantic comedy anime about uh, this uh, high school girl, uh, Chiyo Sakura, uh, and she has a a crush on her classmate. And uh, she asks him out, and then he thinks uh, she's asking him for a autograph and so he gives her an autograph and she's very confused um and then she goes to his house uh and she thinks oh my god i'm gonna like you know we're gonna fall in love and stuff but then she realizes that he's uh, a famous uh manga uh writer uh manga writer mm. yeah artist uh and yeah it's just uh they this the love story between uh him uh, who is a gormless and doesn't realize anything about uh, love and uh, is writing a romantic manga and her who's in love with him and she always thinks that he's trying, he's falling in love with her, but in reality, he's not. Uh, it sounds really like simple, but it's really, really funny and lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's only, I think it's only like six episodes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. I think it's really funny and I really love the animation of it is, uh, quite new and crisp and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, really, really good. And it's called, uh, Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki-kun. Yeah. Nice. And I love it. Okay. I've never, ever heard of it. No? What do you know what it's called in English? Uh, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. Because he writes uh, for a monthly, uh, you know, those big magazines that you see in convenience stores in Japan. And they yeah. all have uh, like uh, um, kind of stories like he writes for that. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's your number two. My number two. So that means my number one is? Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Good yeah. choice for number one. Thank you. But now we have to do two of mine in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, my number two yes. is um, the poor cousin to my mm-hmm. number five. I said it before. Yes, you did. Yeah, it's um, Digimon. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon, Digimon are the champions. Turn <laughs> into digital champions for... Sorry. I love that show. I Yeah, okay. so Digimon... I'm pretty sure it's basically just a sort of cash-in attempt by another company to 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 kind of ride on the back of Pokemon's massive success. Hmm. But the I guess so. first 
Digimon anime, which stand, Digimon stands for Digital Monsters. The first Digimon anime, like Digimon, I, can't remember, I think it was just called Digimon. I used to watch that all the time. And I don't, I don't know why, but I like it more. I've always liked Digimon more than Pokemon, even though the mm. games and stuff have been more popular and successful for Pokemon. Yeah. And like that first anime of Digimon, uh, it's about this group of kids who go to summer camp together and they get sucked mm. into the Digi world. Yeah. And they each get assigned a Digimon uh, that kind of becomes their partner. And they evolve a bit like Pokemon do, but then they kind of... they devolve back to their smaller versions after fights and stuff like that so they can carry on sort of going around mm. with them. and it's kind of about rather than pokemon being set in the world where he's moving through the world collecting pokemon and battling them for this you know t- t- for the sake of doing that digimon yeah. is that they're from our world and yeah. they've just ended up in this strange digital world with these creatures and it, it's about their journey through this world to try and get home but it ends up becoming about much much more and it comes about saving yeah. the world and all of this stuff and it gets very into its own mythology in a way that I really liked when I was a kid. And I also really mm. liked, it had these, uh, similar to Over the Garden Wall, there'd be episodes that were really sinister and unsettling and strange, mm. and they'd come across quite odd things. I remember there being an episode about like a puppet Digimon or a puppet okay. control Digimon mm. that was very odd and, and scary. And the characters, but the characters kind of grew to love each other and they, and they grew to love their Digimon. Mm. And... I just really connected with it. I really, really connected with it. I remember when the Digimon movie came out, I adored mm. that. I used to, I loved mm. that. And it had like um, Bare Naked Ladies on the soundtrack and uh, Less Than Jake on the soundtrack and stuff. It had all this pop, oh, pop punk and things on the soundtrack. Um, it really got pop me into that, that music as well. Yeah, Melancholy Mil- might have even been on there. But I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember. But yeah, Digimon is just, it's, it's an odd one because it's so... Like people, people always say they prefer. If I ever bring up Digimon, the only response is people just saying they prefer Pokemon. It's like that's fine, but I like Digimon. But they're so I, come on, they're quite different though. I think I think they're super different. I don't think there's any yeah. reason really to compare them. I don't. Yeah, you can't. Other compare than that, I think them. they they were created. I think in response to Pokemon is my understanding. Yeah. I might be wrong about that, but okay, they have become a different enough thing that there's no need to like compare the two directly. Um, yeah, and yeah, Digimon are a weirder thing. They're they're quite strange. Mm. but i like them i like them a lot so that's my number two and i just have like real strong warm nostalgic feelings for that mm. for that first digimon anime that that put yeah. it in my number two spot for sure mm. so yeah there we go there's my number two is digimon nice yeah what's your number nice one, one. Attack, on titan. attack on titan my yeah, number one on titan. is an anime that I think is two series long, but the second series I haven't watched because I have heard it's not very good, and I definitely do just want to keep it as the perfect one season show. Oh, I know. Do you? Yeah. My number one is One Punch Man. Oh. Oh, was it not what you thought? No. What did you think? Sword Out Online. No, you like that. I've never watched that. What? Did... No. No? I watched a few episodes of it because I remember you really liked it, but I, I couldn't really get into it. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I know that you like Soda Online. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. One Punch Man. Have you seen One, One Punch, Punch Man? Man? No, never no. seen. Watch One Punch Man. Do you know what it's about? Uh, a man that punches people. Okay, it's about a guy called Saitama <laughs> who is a hero in this world of like, it's like a world where heroes exist and people with superpowers exist and like they save the world and things. 
Mm. And I think they're like, it's a little while since I watched it, but, but they're like, um, you have to pass a test, I think, to become a hero and stuff. Oh. Saitama just, tra- I think he trains and trains and trains, and he becomes able to defeat anyone with a single punch. Ah. So Amazing. that's why it's called One Punch Man. Mm. So it's an action anime, similar to Dragon Ball Z, but it the the kind of the joke is always that like whereas in Dragon Ball Z they'd have these huge fights. Mm. In One Punch Man, he's always looking for a good opponent, and it will show this huge, powerful monster that's destroyed everyone else in the world, and he'll still just come along and defeat it in one punch. Mm. And it kind of increases it with each episode as it goes along, and it's kind of a parody of um, superhero anime and stuff like that, and action anime. It's very, very well written. It's very funny. And the characters are really good. And the main character, Saitama, is just this really... He's just like got this egg-shaped head with no hair on it. And he wears this yellow costume. <laughs> and he looks okay. really, really goofy. And you wouldn't expect him to be powerful at all. And it's just so funny watching him. He'll come, to a, he'll come up to, to an enemy and just really calmly be like, Are you going to challenge me? Am I gonna have Am I gonna have a good fight with you? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm, oh, I'm the most powerful thing that's ever existed. My power level is eighty million thousand power levels. You can't defeat me. And then he'll just punch them, and they'll they'll die. And it's just it just it's funny every time. It really makes me laugh. <laughs> so yeah, One Amazing. Punch Man. It's a cool show. I really really like it. And um, you know, I I love it. It's my number one. It's my favorite anime. Uh, this first season specifically is uh is is the best. And uh. And yeah, yeah, a One Punch Man. Everyone should watch it. It's pretty popular, but if you haven't seen it, check that first season out. It's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Thanks. Watch Alex. it. You should watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've, I've, like I said before, I'm more like in kind of the shoujo kind of love story kind of thing. So yeah, but you know, you know, like Dragon Ball Z and and oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Ranma, and Ranma. I wanna, I wanna go back to kind of being a little bit more. And Attack on Titan is super. I love Attack on Titan. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, do you want to run through your top five? My top five. uh, Number five, Ranma half. One half. Yep. Um, And then number four, Noragami. Number three, Ore Monogatari, or My Love Story. Number two, uh, Gekken Shoujo Nozaki-kun, which is called also Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. And number one, Attack on Titan or Shingeki no Kyojin. Love it. Love it too. Love it. My top five. We've got number five, Pokemon. Pokemon. Number four, Dragon Ball Z. Number three, Attack on Titan, number two, Digimon, and number one, One Punch Man. Nice. Lovely stuff. Nice. Do you have any honourable mentions? I'm certain that you do. Oh, yeah, but I'm gonna. I'm only saying a few because if not, it just gets too much. Yeah. Um, so um, some honourable mention, Inuyasha, which is something else I used to watch. Um, uh, that was my teenager. Um anime is about this um fox god and uh and his adventures um cowboy bebop uh, mm. that's when uh, for example when uh, um pokemon came out in italy i was watching cowboy bebop and inuyasha so i thought ah oh, pokemon it's just for kids so unfortunately i never got really well, into pokemon it's not just for kids i know i know but when you're 14 you, that's what you think not just for kids 
I'm sorry. Uh, and then uh, Sailor Moon. I used to love Sailor Moon. That was one of my afternoons. Um, afternoon uh, anime. And I also used to read the comic. Uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, Sword Art Online. Uh, Kamisama Ajime Mashita, which is another, like I said, I love uh, animes about gods and about gods, especially fox gods. And then uh, Marmalade Boy, uh, which, <laughs> uh, which is another uh, high school love story. Uh, Kimi ni Todoke, which uh, whoever loves shoujo anime and manga will know because it's amazing. And um, I'm going to leave it there because if not, I'm going to spend an hour talking about all the anime I love. Yes, I'm sh- so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to stop. I've got a much shorter honorable mentions <laughs> list. Um, yeah. There's only really two that I want to talk about briefly. Death Note. Death Note, yes. Which is one of the best things I've ever seen up until about halfway through the run where it becomes unwatchably terrible, which is why it didn't make my top yeah. five. Yeah. But uh, that's a story about a boy who finds a notebook where if you write somebody's name in it, they die. Yeah, it's it, it it's so good. Like when it when that's what it's about, it's it's about as good as anime has ever been in my opinion. But then it, yeah, it ends up then... becoming about a big boardroom full of men. I, I don't understand the direction that. Yeah, goes I, I didn't I didn't like it either. Uh, like that in that I'm way. A, I'm about to make a controversial statement. I also quite enjoyed the live action American Netflix film of Death Note, which I know oh. people really don't like. But I was uh, okay. I don't know. I thought it was all right. I thought it was fine. And then the second one is one that I started watching yesterday in an effort to ha- have more anime to talk about. <laughs> um, and also because loads of people talk about it, uh, loads of young people talk about it particularly, is My Hero Academia. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, have you watched that? No. It's pretty, it's the big popular one at the moment. And, you know, mm. it's in the, it's in the like legacy of Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and stuff of being like the popular yeah. kind of anime for kind of teenagers. Uh, it's set mm. in a world where heroes exist. Stop me if you've heard this one before. And 80% of the population are born with a quirk, which is their mm. word for a superpower that allows them to um, do things, such mm. as breathe fire or move objects with their mind. The main character is a boy who is one of the unlucky 20% of the population who hasn't been born with a quirk, but is still determined mm. to be a hero and uh, finds a way to do that. And... Yeah, I've watched I've watched like three episodes of it, so I can't say much, but it seems pretty mm. good and is worth yeah. a quick mention as something cool. that I've I've watched a bit of. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So there we go. So that's that's yeah. that. Time to have homework assignments handed out. Yes. What would you like me to watch, Alex? Um, all of them. I could watch the second season of Attack on Titan. No, because you're ready. Well, you could watch it anyway. I think you should give a go to Noragami. Right. I think you might enjoy it. What's it called? Because I think Noragami. N O R A G A M I. Yeah, Noragami. Okay. I'll find a way to watch it. Mm. Noragami. All right, cool. That sounds good. Uh, One Punch Man, nice and simple. Yeah, I've, been, I've been telling you to watch it for a long time and you've ignored me. So now you have to watch it. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Just yeah. the first season, though. Oh, you don't have to. I did watch the first season of Hilda Dara, but as much as you want to watch, but don't go any further okay. than the first season. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Sweet. I'm looking forward to see, watching a new anime. Yes, please. So mm. next week, join next us again week. 
for our discussion of something a little bit a little bit different. We're going to talk about yeah. films again, <clears throat> but this time film soundtracks or film scores. Yes. Our top five film soundtracks slash scores. I think, mm-hmm. are we incorporating, so say for example, Pulp Fiction, yeah? Yeah. That is largely like a collection of licensed songs, um, <laughs> licensed songs that, that, that Tarantino uses for the film, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But then Jurassic Park is a score written by John Williams for the film. Yeah. So they're two kind of different things, but I think we're sort of yeah. going to do a list of just our favourite of of any of that, anything where, yeah. any any film music uh, that we want. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Cool. So join yeah. us next week for that. It's brilliant. Uh, thank you to yeah. those people who've been listening and given us nice feedback. Please do thank rate you. and review us on Apple Podcasts if you can. Follow us on all the social media. The links are in our episode notes. And we'll see you next week. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.